0: Welcome to the Design Build Institute of America's Design Build Delivers podcast. I'm Kim Wright at DBIA's National Headquarters. If you're like so many organizations nationwide, it's been a challenge defining this new COVID work environment. In the office, working remotely, or combining the two, has required rethinking everything about the work environment, especially how we use our offices. For design build teams designing and building those spaces, it's essential to help clients and owners reimagine how they'll be used. Do you need more space, less space, plus a myriad of other issues? Today, we'll talk to one team that faced this challenge in the midst of COVID, beginning to redesign new office space before COVID hit, making the transition during the pandemic, and then making it work every stage in between. But before we get started, DBIA offers our special thanks to USCAD for partnering with us to bring you this year's episodes of Design Build Delivers. So now let's talk about rethinking the office with Rick Del Monte, Beck Group Partner Emeritus and Principal of r and Architecture, Michael Kaiser, Beck's National Design Director, and Natalie Terrell, Beck's Sustainability Director. Rick Del Monte gets us started.
1: So we had been in an existing space for 15 years and we were approached by a developer who had an empty building 80s office building and uh, he had redone the lobby but everybody walked in and said this is an old 80s office building and he wanted a new tenant that he thought would do a really cool space that he could then show off and rent the rest of this 52-story building and so he came and made us basically an offer that we could not refuse and so um it was like you know $18 a square foot plus a couple hundred dollars. Build-out allowance. So at that point, we decided, okay, we're going to go move into this new space, and we began this process um, a couple years before COVID hit? Yeah, 2017. 20, 20, 20, into 2017 to 2018 is when we started. And and then, just as we finish this space, and we're going to have spectacular parties, and
0: it's going to be <laughs> an celebrate incredible. Our celebrate our
1: victory. Celebrate our victory. COVID hits. And And that's when, you know, and that's when we had to pivot. And I think that, you know, a lot of the things that we decided, I think Natalie had a lot to do with it because a lot of the wellness and sustainability decisions Mm -hmm. ended up being very positive once COVID hit. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And there were, so an example of that, we pursued a LEED certification and a FITWELL certification. And then we put a lot of the well-building standards into it. And a big part of that that really worked in our Favor was the big monumental stair that connects the three floors, right? So then we're not relying on crowding people in an elevator. Mm-hmm. So that's one example of how it worked. I think our interiors team also did an amazing job because we used the AIA assessment tool to look at spacing for the six feet apart. Um, and Michael, you want to talk about that exercise and determining what had to leave?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it, we got lucky in some ways, right because <laughs>
2: better be lucky than good yes, well <laughs>
3: are both sometimes right helps it helps uh, but no, we were able to because we had it spaced out at six foot apart uh, when we did start to come back, um, we were able to determine that we could get the population that needed to come back in the right spots. We also did some other things just to. I guess make people feel comfortable with it. We went ahead and double spaced everybody out, right? Because, and then what we did is we set, basically had half the group, half of our teams work from home for a week and then come back for a week. So that's kind of how we started back. And so both those measures, I think, just made people feel a lot safer about where they were. Uh, There were other things, feel like we had sit stand desks. We just told everybody sit, (laughs) right? Because we had partitions in between, right? That really, again, just helped people feel
1: like they were in their own environment. Yeah. yeah. You know, the funny thing is we had certain, certain things that happened that I wasn't happy with. We wanted the, the partitions as low as possible.
2: Sure.
1: Make it, make this so as open. Built open. 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 And, and we had like a couple of our construction guys who were like, no, I, I, it makes me anxious to see other people. And so we put this piece of frosted glass and raised it up and it put partitions, smaller partitions between the people. Mm-hmm. because the, the i need this privacy whatever so we accommodated this and when COVID came it's like that was perfect yeah. because now the partitions by the top of your head it's still not very high but again that blocked a lot of that and the side partition help. so some of these things that we made for to resolve people's anxieties and people feeling uncomfortable and too open a space at the end of the day really mm-hmm. saved us because i think we had been lower we would be coming back mm-hmm. And having to put these things to raise the partitions to yeah. where there was some of safety yeah you think about all these places that have added plexiglass
3: everywhere right right and that would have that would have been our office <laughs> yeah. been very the successful the plexiglass
0: office which i know yeah. does not make the designers yeah. happy yeah. yeah
3: the other thing too is we had uh at our old office we had all, more large meeting rooms and what would happen is people would, would have a two or three person meeting in that large meeting room and take it up so we never had meeting rooms open, right? So that was the big ask when we moved to the new space. We want lots of small meeting rooms. Well, the great thing about a small meeting room is one person can go in there and do a Zoom call. And so that's kind of what's happened as well, right? People will use those rooms now. We had thought they might be a six-person room or an eight-person room. Now they are a two or three-person room, Mm -hmm. but we have enough of them that again, people, it could accommodate people. Up at the office.
2: I think we also just had a really good grasp on other aspects like we did a lot with our mechanical systems during the design for healthy indoor air quality and that really paid off and we also already knew what the building's cleaning protocols were so as we were navigating this and bringing people back and understanding these aspects we already really knew what was going on with the building and what was going on with janitorial service and what was going on with our air quality and and I think that helped too because we could publish statements and, and make that a lot more transparent. So we do have an entire uh, intranet site about COVID and COVID response. And I know that has been a pretty good resource for people who were uncomfortable. I know I have looked at it a few times. So. Well,
0: because how many people actually really think about what the, air, what the air situation, they don't really know what's behind the walls, right? Well, they didn't until think about it. They
2: didn't think about it until COVID. And then, you know, being in sustainability, the director of sustainability and knowing all the things about the air quality, I had a lot of questions. I was surprised at how many people were reaching out, asking Mm -hmm. about certain aspects of our office.
3: Yeah, there was that early diagram that came out. I think it was a Korean restaurant and they showed who contact, who contracted COVID in that restaurant. And then they showed the airflow. And I think Mm -hmm. when people saw that diagram, they were like, oh, airflow. And then you started looking around, you know, in your office space, you're like, wait, where's the return air?
2: Mm -hmm. Where's the supplier?
3: (laughs) What are we doing
2: to keep our air clean? How is the building dealing with this?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So we got a lot of questions about, are you guys scrubbing it, right? What are you guys doing to clean the air? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah. It was, and so this process, of course, we're an integrated firm. So we're building it, we're designing it. And we brought in all the MEP folks were qualifications-based design build teams. So they all came on. They were the, the best firms we worked with, right? Our partners they came in to be part of this team. And, uh, and it was interesting because I, as we look at it, my, my, I wouldn't say frustration, but the thing I, that I think I missed was we went to them and said, you know what? You got this client, we're willing to do anything, right? Innovate. Is there something that we haven't thought about? Something cool you wanted to do, but your client was too conservative, whatever. And, they just shook their heads, and they basically gave us a conventional system. <laughs> right. You know, they, we thought, dude, wow, what about this? Now, no, that, that's that's more money. That's not going to work, and whatever. So that was the one kind of negative side of it. But I will say the positive side of it is they were very good. Uh, we always had cause. They accomplished exactly what we wanted in a more conventional way, and I think... You know, Natalie worked very closely with them. Mm -hmm. So from the beginning, we knew what all the well and how much makeup air and had got into a lot of detail very early with them. So, Mm -hmm. um, and then at the end, you know, it's great because if there was anything wrong, you know, they would fix it. There was no, well, that was a design issue or that was, they took ownership of it, uh, finished it out, made sure everything worked. And so it was, it was really a good relationship among all of those.
2: I would say too, just the decision to shell out half of, the thirtieth floor actually ended up being very beneficial because as we dedensified the office and the meeting rooms, we had ample place to store chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I'll let these guys talk about it. But one of the cool things we ended up doing during COVID for interviews was totally convert that space.
1: Yeah, so we had a we had a green room. I think yeah,
2: we, you I've actually a, seen that room. You, you've actually. Seen I have that talked room. to your people about that room. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and you know the the thing that I would say is if you. If you do not give yourself some surplus, some, a little bit of extra, mm-hmm. and you, mm-hmm. you plan this thing down like some of our clients do, and it's, we're going to make the desk as tight as we possible, and we're not going to waste any space, you would be in trouble in COVID.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And it
1: was the fact that we went to six feet on the desk, we opened things up, we had space that we could use to shell out, to store things, to do this video conferencing, that extra room, the conference rooms that we made bigger, um, all that kind of stuff allowed us the flexibility with the old COVID. Had we really planned this down as tight as we could, uh, where would you go? I mean, I mm-hmm. think it would have made things much more difficult.
0: Are you looking to break away from legacy techniques and seize new competitive differentiators? USCAD helps forward-thinking AEC firms, many ranking on ENR top lists, generate new revenue streams by shifting to Autodesk AEC technology. To learn more, book a free 30-minute consultation at USCAD.com slash DBIA. That's USCAD.com slash DBIA. We've already seen how the, these choices you made benefited, or maybe they didn't benefit, and so if you were doing this going forward, you kind of already got a head start on what it is that, that maybe yeah. you need to do to be prepared since well, we still don't really know right. what the next two years holds.
3: Well, yeah. And I think that's one of the things we've been walking clients through now and showing them things. One of the things that every client asks about now is zero touch everything, right? Mm-hmm. So do you have kick plates on the doors, right? Or do you have these new antimicrobial, they're mm-hmm. ugly, but put them on all the door pools, right? Direct dispatch elevators, right? So, you again, you don't have to touch anything. So, all that stuff. And, and all, all, obviously, in the, the restrooms, right? Mm-hmm. Those are all zero touch as well. So, having that stuff, too, is, is great to be able to show off and talk about the yeah. benefits of putting that into an office space.
0: Well, and I thought it was interesting, too, the comment about having that excess space. Because, you know, DBIA has built a new space, and we haven't been in it yet, and it was being built during COVID. Mm-hmm. Do you build for your full-size staff, expecting we're all going to be here all the time, which hasn't happened in two years? Are we going to always be half-time? I mean, it, it, it was difficult. And mm-hmm. you, 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 you don't wanna be paying for square footage you're not using, but on the other hand, you wanna be ready if you need it.
1: Yeah, sure. And that extra space, like I said, it can be used in a lot of different ways. And we did things that seemed like luxury, like we, have what we call um, our Imaginarium, which is a meeting room for, what is it, total over hundred, right? Over hundred people. For over hundred people. partitions
3: down to three smaller
1: spaces, uh-huh. right? If you want to, but. But so when we have like a meeting with 20 or 30 people, this is perfect, right? Because we can spread everybody out. People feel comfortable within that space and having those large conference rooms where people can really spread out. You can have 10 or 12 people comfortably. Right. Sitting in there has, has really been like I said, has really been good. The The excess stuff that we programmed has really has really helped. The dining area is a big dining area, right? So we could really spread the tables out. People could still dine there comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: yeah. I think the other thing, too, I think about we had started using Zoom ahead of really the move. And it was really good for us because it ha- has markup tools because so we love the draw as we're talking. So that was really good to have that. So we would just have it in a meeting. We're all together and still be using it as a markup tool. Then when we all went home, we were all comfortable with Zoom, right? And so that was really great to be able to still use the same tool. But in our office, we also outfitted almost every conference room and every small meeting room with Zoom. And so again, I think having that there in the room has allowed us, even as as we've returned, we'll still have maybe a couple of people that are offsite or wherever joining the meeting. And it still feels like we're all together, even though some people will be in the office, some people won't be. And it's been really beneficial, I think.
1: So for some people, like Michael, has a
3: one-hour commute,
0: right <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, so we don't Assuming see Michael a really as much. In yeah. that yeah. right.
3: You'll see me virtually, but yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, and how you would how you would outfit a, a room with your tech is going to be completely different now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, when, what you just described, rooms that are fully interactive because you know that you're going to have participants who aren't physically there.
3: Yeah, I think the other thing is really I was, I've been really happy with the microphones that we have, the speakers in our, in our, in our conference rooms. Yeah. A really big conference room, you can still hear, hear everybody perfectly. Yeah. Nice. Right. So no matter where they're sitting in that room, it just feels like, again, you're right next to each other. And so spending the money on those, I think, was really worth it.
1: Yeah. It is interesting that when you do an office, I, if I look at... Overall, the finishes, the mechanical systems, most of the electrical systems—I mean, we all—all the issues were ironed out. The thing worked, but multimedia. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you ever get that right? You know, well, it
0: changes I, constantly. And
1: then, but there's always like microphones out of this camera, or we never got this coordinated, and the, the a fancy iPad that's going to control everything doesn't, I, I mean... People unplug them. Yeah,
2: <laughs> people, people unplug, unplug them. Don't, them. Yeah, right, exactly. They don't they charge they,
0: the they battery don't on the, the iPad. set up
2: the way they found it. Yeah. Right. yeah. We yeah. did, we were also able to put like hand sanitizers and disinfectant and everything in the room. We found nice little shelves and stuff that we could add. Yeah. And honestly, we made those more like a permanent fixture. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a hygienic thing now moving forward. Everyone's used to it. Everyone's used to using them. Um, we did a virtual walkthrough of the office and that was one of a facilities guy yeah. he that was his big question was like where did you get those that's yeah. great yeah so,
3: so we might do more customization of those now right because those were some off-the-shelf things that mm-hmm. we found yeah but really kind of integrating those things now into by the light switch right like we've all had to put trash cans near near the exit door of a restroom right, right? yeah No one wants to use those dryers anymore, right? It's all got to be
2: paper and you got to throw it somewhere. And it's kind of a give and take because there's some stuff that we did in our office to be very sustainable that we've had to backtrack on. So a good example of that is like the reusable silverware. The silverware is all like plasticware now individually wrapped and all the paper plates and cups and stuff that we had gotten rid of. Actually (laughs) retro. Yeah. (laughs) We, We brought them back just to help make everyone feel safe in the office.
1: But I, I don't know if this had happened, oh gosh, six, seven years ago, even. Oh, we would've been in trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah I can't imagine. You know, so all the, all the design staff, we we all have iPads, we all have with pencils. Mm-hmm. And so when we're doing Zoom calls, our ability to put up a drawing and multiple people mark it and offer criticism. No, think about a wall over here. What if the elevation did that? Mm-hmm. That sharing that we were able to do, and we'd already, if Michael said, done some of it, but you know, we'd like, As soon as it hit, we had a major competition for, a. this is like an 80 to $100 million church in Korea. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the
1: team working remotely, we won this competition, completely doing it with the team remotely. Now, we knew each other very well and working together, Mm -hmm. but it was amazingly efficient. Mm -hmm. So we would come in every morning, half hour meeting, design review, I would be on it. We'd resolve any design issues, and then the team would just put their heads down and crank. Mm-hmm. Nobody bothering them. And then the next morning, we'd see the progress, we'd make whatever thing, and then they just put their head down yeah. with no one bothering them and go, right? Uh-huh. One of the interesting things is we have what we call a design collab, a collaboration lab. Mm-hmm. And it's intended mostly for design teams. And so you have two huge screens on the side, a projector in the middle, pin-up space on the side. You shape tables that you can rearrange, seating around the perimeter, and we do design presentations, design crits. It's an informal looking room. We hit it because we don't want people using it. <laughs> it's
0: a working room. Yeah, you have to go through
1: like a print room to get to our, say, well, people love this space. Yeah. yeah. And so the construction guys, everybody wants to use this space for all their meetings because it's less formal, it's more comfortable. You have room to work, there's markup space. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just been interesting because we have beautiful conference rooms, standard and have markup boards and have them. But people want to be in this more creative, more collaborative sort of environment. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, interesting. Yeah.
1: We didn't hide it well,
3: no. No, we
0: didn't.
3: We also tried to make it where, we we did this in the last office too, we had a similar room, trying to make it where people couldn't check it out, because that was the thing. You can't, like most people, like on our construction site, if they can't check it out, they won't go there, because they have to make sure it's reserved. So, either Michael or I have to
1: approve, you're you're asking for this thing, and I'm like, no. Yeah, we (laughs) don't, no. 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 Why do you need this? you really? No, you don't need this.
2: Go over to the other rooms.
0: We want
1: to do a pool planning session. No,
3: no.
2: It still needed to be behind the secret bookshelf
3: yeah yeah we needed the secret yeah we should.
2: (laughs) there you go this is a get smart I'm probably showing my age but yeah
0: Yeah.
3: well the thing is though too we still bring our clients in those rooms and do the presentations there so yeah the
1: the clients love it because they feel like they're they're like behind the curtain
0: they're really seeing how what you guys are doing they're 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 really
1: seeing okay I'm part of this thing and they you know we got this because we had certain clients that we take them to the formal room and they go can we go in the back and see what's actually happening and they wanted to see where the creation. So now they can come in this room and, you know, people model and do things in front of them. And, and uh, it's been a great room. Mm-hmm.
2: What's, the, what's
0: the biggest takeaway for someone who's contemplating their office space? If they're moving, whatever they're doing, what, what's, the, what's the number one thing they've got to look at in this still transitional environment that we're not quite sure where we're going, but we know where we are?
2: I would say flexibility, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, nobody really knows how to navigate this. There's a lot of really great resources out there for best practices. But even us, we've pivoted and adjusted our strategy as information has become available. So I would say Mm -hmm. just flexibility. Yeah.
3: And we went through a period, right, where we, we, we came back in, we were wearing the masks, being really safe. And then as vaccinations kind of ramped up, it started to feel safer and safer. We started to get relaxed. And then summer hit, and we were back, right? And so it was kind of like, oh, back to that old protocols that we did, right? So kind of understanding that this might be in waves, right? And we might have to deal with this for a while. Yeah. I, you yeah. know,
1: I guess what I would suggest is, so there's been this debate about oh, office space is going to get tiny because people are working from home, or, or no, it's going to get bigger because you're going to want more space. My suggestion is somewhere in the middle, right? Maybe you don't plan for as many desks, but the desks you do plan are more generous in scale. The conference rooms, again, more generous in scale in case you have to do different things, and then put you're going to have to put more money in the mechanical system. Right? Mm-hmm. So that bottom dollar mechanical system is not going to work um, in these new spaces. And I think one of the things we ran into, for example, is you're going to have to look at what mo- building you're moving into, how much makeup air are you getting mm-hmm. in the building, right? Because that becomes important. Old buildings, you can't get a lot of makeup air. So I, th- I think you're going to have to pay attention to more things. But just, you know, just like I said, just reduce the number of deaths, but being more generous is what you're putting into the, into that space. Yeah. We, in
3: our own space too, as we designed it, we wanted to have double the amount of collaboration seats to kind of a home-based seat. So that meant that you could go to the cafe and work. You could go to, we had a space where we called it like the Blue Works, like a WeWork style kind of just big kind of community space. You could go over there and work. So, and then we have a bunch of little Zoom rooms. And so we counted those as additional seats. For employees so we were like what two and a half i can't remember what the total ratio is but i think that's still you know a good thing to look at today right don't just think about the desk seat think about the other opportunities for people to kind of spread out and go and work in different places because i think that's definitely something that we've seen people are comfortable working from home they can work from a starbucks they can work from anywhere
0: Thanks again to Rick, Michael, and Natalie for joining us. No doubt about it, it's been a challenging stretch for design build teams, yet the opportunities continue to grow as an expanding number of clients and owners look to design build to deliver innovative projects to fit their changing needs. DBIA is committed to helping teams prepare for exciting times ahead. In fact, a record number of attendees joined us at our spring infrastructure conferences this month, and we're expecting an impressive turnout at July's Federal Symposium and November's Design Build Conference and Expo. Please plan to join DBIA and network with Design Build leaders and teams as we prepare for exciting times ahead. Go to dbia.org conferences for details. And again, thank you to USCAD for their support of Design Build Delivers. Find out more at uscad.com dbia.